I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. What's up, guys? In this episode, I'm going to reveal to you my own unique training program and how I think this is really useful for getting your house in order. So like I've talked about in the previous episodes around getting serious about your health, reducing comorbidities, getting as strong and as fit and as functional as you can, right? So this way of training can be used for anyone. So whether you're a man, woman, your goal is muscle building, fat loss, whatever it is, this way of training can be used for you. The only variable will be your nutrition. So what does your nutrition look like? You know, are you consuming in a calorie surplus? Are you in a calorie deficit for fat loss, surplus for muscle building? What is the quality of your nutrition? So obviously, that will be a huge determining factor in your success with optimizing your body composition and reducing comorbidities and just improving your biofeedback and your ophthalmologies, how you optimize your, your physiology, basically. But this way of training, I love this. It's very multifaceted. It's very punchy, gets to the point very quickly. You're, you're in and out kind of like a SWAT team and you can be a beginner or you could be really advanced and use this type of training. So let's dive into this. So this type of training, I like to call it, you've probably heard of this thing called, before called HURT <laughs> or high intensity resistance training. It's funny how the abbreviation is literally HURT because um, it hurts. It really does. Um, now, I'm just going to jump straight into it because I want to give you guys the substance here. I want to give you guys the tools. So take notes from this. Take notes to help you structure out how you should be training. I see a lot of farty bull crap on Instagram and on social media around these sort of gimmicky exercises and these routines. Most of the routines are just there to keep people entertained. That's the thing you guys need to remember is that most of the best training routines are quite boring. People know that that doesn't get likes and interaction on the algorithms. So they create all these gimmicky, ridiculous workout routines to, to occupy your attention. But that's not what is going to get you the ideal result. Sure, doing those workouts are better than nothing. Granted. But I definitely think that if you are under time constraints, you're a busy person, you're a parent, you're an entrepreneur, you're just busy, you want to get things done quickly, that this process that I have is the thing for you. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to pick two primary money lifts. What is a primary money lift, you might ask? What I would suggest that you do is you go to Amazon and you plug into the search bar Strength Training Anatomy, third edition. You'll see it's by an author called Frederick DeLavia. So Strength Training Anatomy, third edition by Frederick DeLavia. That book is going to give you a a wealth of exercises. It gives you all the important things you need to know, and it tells you which muscle groups that you are activating, and it gives you an actual anatomical description 
it doesn't just show a person doing the exercise. It's a sketch of muscles. It's very, I like it. It's very good for developing a good mind-muscle connection. And I use this early on in my journey. Now, what you can do with this is you can then pick exercises from this routine to add into this method that I'm about to tell you. So your two primary money lifts are essentially each day, you'll pick two big compound movements depending on what you're training. So what, which muscle groups are you going to train, right? My typical training routine is about four days a week and it's push, pull legs, full body. So what is push, pull legs, full body? Push is your chest, it's your shoulders, and it's your triceps. So it's any, it really involved with any pushing movements. Pull is the opposite. So pull is all your back, your posterior chain, and your biceps. And then lower body legs is exactly what it, what it is. So days one, push. Day two, legs. Day three, pull. Or whatever order you want to do that in. And then the fourth day is a full body routine. So I'd be picking two or three big primary money lifts from this full body repertoire. Now, what I do is I pick two or three big primary money lifts. The money lifts are just the big compound lifts, the ones that are going to recruit the most muscles that you move the most amount of weight with. They're going to be things like your deadlifts, your squats, your overhead presses, your rows, your dips, your lunges, your pull-ups or your pull-downs. Those are your big money lifts. Those are the ones that really like get recruit the most amount of muscle activation, the most amount of a physiological response. This is the stuff that you need to build strength and to build cardiovascular resiliency. So I pick two or three per day that I'm going to do. The second lot of picks is like a second tear lift. So a second tear lift is usually something sort of in between. So it might be like an upright row or a straight arm pull down. It might even be another compound movement, but it's not just not a big one. So maybe it's an overhead press as opposed to doing like a big compound movement, like a deadlift, right? So the big money lifts are the things you really want to focus on the most. Those are going to be definitely like your squats, dips, deadlifts, those types of things. And your second tier lifts are going to be maybe things like your overhead press, upright row, your straight arm pull downs, your face pulls, those types of things. Your hip thrust even, if, if you want to work on your glutes. And then this, the third pick, and I picked two exercises for both, the third pick, another two exercises, and I use, I pick isolation movements. The isolation movements are going to be things like your tricep extensions, your bicep curls. It's just one joint moving at a time, typically. This is kind of like more frosting on the cake type movements. They don't necessarily attribute to a huge amount of your results, but they can still synergize and optimize your overall result. <clears throat> so I picked two primary money lifts, two or three, two or three second tier lifts, two or three isolation movements. That's going to give me three different rotations. So what I do is I will superset or even triset those movements. So I'll start with my big important lift first. I'll then go straight into my second tier lift and then I'll go straight into my isolation movement. 
So it's a triple set typically. Sometimes it's a super set, but often it's a triple set. Now, in terms of warm-up sets or calibrations, what does that look like? Depending on how warm you are, depending on where you are in your routine, and depending on the type of movement you're doing, and depending on how advanced you are, if you're a beginner, you might only do one or two warm-up sets. If you're really advanced, you might do three or four, depending on the exercise. So say, for instance, if I'm going to do a 500-pound deadlift, I'm not going to go do straight 500 pounds straight away. That's insane. I'll do 135, 225, 315, 405, and then I'll do 500. So I'll do these four quick sets to get up to that working set weight. You don't want to count your warm-up sets as working sets. The warm-up sets are there just to get your nervous system engaged and to get your body ready to actually go to battle. The working sets are the money sets. They're the ones that matter the most. They are the most important. They are the ones that you leave nothing left. The warm-up sets, you you use them as calibrations. <clears throat> so I call them calibration sets because when I'm doing them, I like to assess how am I feeling? How's my energy right now? Is it, do I have any aches and pains? Do I feel like I have any tendonitis? What's going on with my physiology? And I will adapt the weight according to what my body tells me based on those calibration sets. Yeah, sure, this, will, this is a more advanced concept. But use your warm-up sets to assess how you feel. That's going to give you some indication of, do you feel really strong today? And if so, really push it. Or do you feel kind of beat up and a bit tired? And if so, go a little bit easier. The calibration sets are important. At, at, on the first rotation of exercises, I'll usually do three or four. Once I get to the second rotation of exercises, I'm usually warm by then, and I might just do one or two. So obviously, I'm trying to reduce down the amount of fluff. There's too much fluff in people's workouts, guys. They do the 20-minute warm-ups. There's freaking all kinds of shenanigans in there. The workouts are like 90 minutes long. It's too long. My sessions are typically 45 minutes. Bang! Just hit the nail on the head. When I'm doing these rotations, so like, you know, I mentioned to you, I do my primary money lift, and then my second tier lift, and then my isolation movement. I do about two good, high-quality, tenacious working sets. Sometimes three if I have time, but usually two, where I leave almost nothing in the tank. The rep ranges will typically range from anywhere between five reps to 15. I know that's quite a wide, wide rep range, but I base it on how I feel. If I'm feeling kind of tired and wore out, I'll shoot for slightly higher rep counts, maybe 12 to 15. If I'm feeling really good, maybe I'll work my way down to a single set of five and just really go for it. But I usually stay within that five to 15 zone. I keep no rest between these sets. I go straight from the money lift, straight to the second tier lift, straight to isolation, no rest. A good litmus test, guys, to know if you're pushing hard enough with the weight and the intensity is if you're not cussing, if you're not dropping F-bombs under your breath while you're training, you're not training hard enough. <laughs> Let me repeat that. If you're not, if you're not dropping F-bombs under your breath as you're training, you're just not training hard enough. If you're not cussing and grunting, you're just not training hard enough. You don't need to be, you don't need to be that guy who's in the gym grunting and cussing his head off. No, not at all. But if you're not doing it under your breath, you're not doing it hard enough. And if you film yourself and at your facial expression 
is neutral and you're not grimacing and like looking like you're about to like pop, you're not training hard enough. Your facial expression will tell a lot about your intensity. And that's a tool I actually use to assess our students who I train online, where I'll get them to send video content. And I can tell where their threshold is based on what I'm witnessing. And I'll say, hey, you had another three or four reps in that tank. Next time, hit X amount of reps instead. I can't tell you the amount of times that they do based on their intensity. The next thing to realize is off the back of these primary sets, these, these, these working sets, so like, you know, whether it be five reps or 15 or 10, I do what's called a lot of rest pauses. They're also called cluster sets. I'm telling you now, guys, if you could take one thing away from this episode, it would be that rest pauses, cluster sets, are a hugely potent tool for getting as strong and as big as possible. Now, your goal might not even be to get huge, but I think everyone can benefit with getting strong. And even if you do these, you're not going to get huge unless you eat in a huge calorie surplus. So remember, like I was saying, even if your goal is fat loss, you can use these to get stronger. Get stronger, my friend. Get your house in order, right? So what a rest pause is, is let's say I do 10 reps for my first working set. I hit that 10 rep range, whatever that is, and, and I'm close to my limit. I'm, whatever the weight that I picked, it was really challenging. I didn't have much le- gas left in the tank. I rest for five or 10 seconds. Then I pick the weight up again, and I do another one to five reps. That's one rest pause. That's one rest pause. Normally what I will do is I'll do you know two or three more reps. Then I'll rest for another five to 10 seconds. And then I'll push out another one to five reps. Sometimes I'll even rest for another five to 10 seconds and I'll push out another five, one to five reps. So I'll do three rest pauses off that first primary set of 10. And sometimes I might get, you know, two or three reps on each one. But right there, if I did three rest pauses and I got two reps per rest pause, that means I got 16 reps with a weight that I would normally get 10 reps on. That, my friend, is how you create strength. That is how you create metabolic resiliency and cardiovascular strength. The next thing is drop sets. So sometimes what I'll do, if I'm feeling like I really want to push it, is I'll do that rest pause sequence that I just mentioned. Then I'll strip a little bit of weight off and I'll go a slightly lighter and I'll push out that whole sequence again. So I'll do the, another 10 followed by multiple rest pauses back to back and then I'll finish and then I'll move to the next exercise right there guys you just did a whole lot of work in the space of like two or three minutes that's about 15 minutes of normal work for a normal human being and about two or three minutes this is how you get efficient this is actually how you get in shape and get truly strong this I'm telling you this is the way this is the most user-friendly way I found across the board for most people. Now, obviously, those tri-sets are the rotation you go through. So you, you do your first tri-set twice, working sets. You then move to your next tri-set. So you'll pick your next selection of exercises, and you might do one or two warm-up sets this time because you're already warm. And then you'll do your two proper working sets on that rotation as well. Now, you might say, well, this is all just like heavy lifting. What about the cardio? 
This is where you add a little metabolic burst at the end of each tricep. So what I do when we're traveling and when we're in an RV is I have my bike with me. I'll jump on my bike and I sprint around the campground, which takes me about two minutes. So I'll push it out. I'll really push it and get my heart rate up. And every time I do a tricep, at the end of that tricep, I'll jump on my bike and I'll do a burst on the bike around the campground. You could do a bunch of kettlebell swings. You could do some jump rope. You could jump on an air bike. You could do a rowing machine. You get my point, right? So you can jump on something for 30 seconds, one minute, whatever you want to do and blast it out like a metabolic high intensity finisher before you move to the next rotation of that, that exercise and that working set. So that's essentially how I do it. On top of that, I make sure that I get 10,000 steps in per day. Most people, most of you guys listening to this are probably too sedentary. If you're getting 5,000 steps per day, you're too sedentary. You're going to try and diet your way to fat loss. Sometimes you need to be moving more as well. It makes the dieting a lot easier this way. If you are getting 5,000 steps in per day and you got extra body fat, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's going to make your dieting much more challenging because you're not burning very many calories. So get moving. Minimum of 8,000 steps, ideally 10. Shoot for 12 if you can. That is the range that I always go for. The key factors when it comes to this type of training, guys, is this concept of reps and reserve, or RIR, reps and reserve. So Jeff Nippard talks about this on uh, his YouTube channel. I like his training content. I don't like his nutritional content, but his training content is, is decent. But he talks about reps and reserve, where you want to make an assessment of how many reps you felt like you could have got, or how many reps left in the tank did you have? Usually what you'll notice is that it's very hard to determine that as a beginner, but the best way to just get a feel of it is just subjectively assess and say, okay, I did 10 reps right there. Do I honestly feel like I could have got out another two or three or four reps? And say you could, you felt like you could have got out another three or four, just say that's four reps in reserve. Typically what you want to be doing is you want to be shooting for about one rep in reserve. Sometimes two, but mostly one. You never want to be taking it to absolute mechanical failure. That's quite dangerous, typically for most people. I do sometimes with certain movements, like isolation movements, but I will generally keep one rep in the tank just for a safety precaution, especially if you don't have someone spotting you. But it still means you need to be tenacious. I'll tell you, most people are on the side of too much caution. They train too conservatively. They leave too many reps in the tank. They, they're not tenacious enough. And so what I would tell you is increase the weight each week a little bit and try and hit the same rep count. So every week, if you can, increase the weight by a little bit, trying to hit the same rep count with the same amount of rest pauses and all of that stuff. If you have access to a gym, machines tend to be safer for this whole process. Because obviously with a machine, if you're doing a, a pull down or you're doing a, you know, a, ch a machine chest press, you can just drop the weight and be done. 
You're not going to get stuck under a barbell or anything like that. So for that reason, even like a hack squat machine is way more safe than doing a back squat. Now, it just depends on your goal, right? A back squat is a little bit more functional than a hack squat because it allows a little bit more range of motion and, and freedom to move. But machines typically are safer. Cables, cable machines are really good for this type of stuff. And remember, your calibration sets will give you an indicator of how heavy you should go. Go over to our Instagram at VegUpLife and dig through our archive and look at some of the training uh, swipes that I've put in. You'll see some of those things in there. You'll see the, the big money lifts. You'll see the rest pauses. I'm telling you guys that my heart rate variability is over 100. Most people are not even close to that. Most people would look at me and be like, oh, he's just a bodybuilder. He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have an endurance capacity. My resting heart rate is in the low 30s and my heart rate variability is over 100. And I've trained it to get to that point. It didn't start out that way. It didn't start out that way. But through doing these multiple things back to back and combining them with bursts of endurance work and all these other things, you are getting your body ready for anything. This is how you get metabolically resilient. Realize that the healthier you can get, you everything improves. Your immune function improves. Your cognitive ability improves. Your longevity improves. Everything. So you, with this type of training, you want to make sure that you go heavy enough. You're leaving out one rep in reserve. Using calibration sets quickly to get to your proper working set weight. You're doing tri-sets of a big primary money lift, second tier lift, which can still be a compound lift, and then an isolation movement at the end with some type of metabolic burst to finish that rotation. You'll do those rotations two times before you then move to the next circuit, and you'll repeat that whole thing one more time. And I do that, and I have the whole thing done, guys, in 45 minutes, and this is so much work that most people would take hours to get done. This has taken me years to figure these things out and craft out what truly works and is practical and what I can get done in the quickest amount of time and be most efficient, but yet effective. And remember, like I was saying, this is going to work for you no matter what your goal is, as long as your nutrition is dialed in. And that's why you should get our help with that. Because you can do this training, but if your nutrition's sloppy, you're not going to get the benefit of the training. And if you do this training, but you don't lift heavy enough weights, or you don't really push yourself hard enough, or you let the rest periods go on too long and all these other things, you're not really going to get the benefit of the training. So you've got to do the work, guys. You've got to do the work. There's no easy way to do this. People always want to hack. They always want the pill. They always want the secret. The hard work literally is the way forward. But you've got to be smart about it as well, right? You've got to use intelligence intelligent programming break it down like this so take notes from this episode go away and implement you can use this type of breakdown to train at home whether you just have a set of dumbbells you do not need a fancy gym to do this don't allow yourself to be limited by this notion that you need some fancy gym to do this covid proof your life like i've said we don't know if there's going to be more lockdowns and all kinds of stuff. You can't be dependent on businesses opening and closing and opening and closing. Take matters into your own hands. Be consistent. Get as strong and as fit 
as humanly possible. It'll only benefit you. And it'll be something you can be proud of too. You're not just doing this from a place of preparedness. Just do this to honor yourself. So you can look back on your life and you you can say, you know what? Like I really got in the best shape of my life and I, and I really looked after myself and I used this body. I used my body for what its intended use was. Like I really challenged it and I pushed it and I didn't let it get weak and vulnerable, right? In a world where so many people are weak and vulnerable, choose that path less traveled. Look around at everyone around you and look at the result that they have and say to yourself, if I don't want their result, then I need to be different. I need to do exactly what they're not doing. And it lies in this type of stuff, my friend. So get after it. Implement what I said. This training works. It's going to be the diet that dictates the rest. But implement as much of this as you can. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at Fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.